Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your What's hands up everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB! Put your hands together. Please turn off your cell phones and please put your hands together for your host. Thank you. Welcome back. Thanks. You were gone last week. You were I in was. Uh, Texas? I was in Tejas. What city were you in? I was in Fort Worth, Texas. What is... Have I... Have we been... Did we go there? I was. <laughs> Prior to this one? <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. It's very close to Dallas. They share an airport. Um, Dallas-Fort Worth. Yeah, don't ever say that they're <laughs> Twin Cities. They do not want to be considered Twin Cities. Yeah. They got real mad at me when I tried to do my whole Minneapolis st paul bit with them they got real pissed and don't mess with texas i've heard that yeah i saw it on a bunch of mugs and i was like i don't believe it and then i messed with texas and i was like that mug was right um how were how how was what should i know about fort worth um educate me there's uh one vegan restaurant and i ate at it every day (laughs) sometimes twice a day and uh, they were like, you sure do come here a lot. And I Can was I... like, don't you like that? Why are you mad? <laughs> were they, uh, do they serve up um, Tex-Mex? Uh, yeah, but they're one of those vegan uh, restaurants that has like a very long menu of like a bunch of oh, stuff. Oh, that actually is like, I was going to say, like Tex-Mex is the perfect vegan food. So they maybe we, have, they don't, did you suggest them they don't even need to do the whole menu? No, I did not suggest that to them <laughs> because they also make something called a baked potato grilled cheese. Which is that sounds like your my heaven. favorite foods. Can you tell me same time. what that means? It's a grilled cheese, and it's with vegan cheese, and it's actually good. Okay. So first of all, first of all, what I disbelieve that, but I know grilled cheese with home fries in it, chives, sour cream. Oh, I thought, Inside. and then you take. The grilled cheese, put it in a baked potato. Inside a baked potato. I mean, then look. you put that in a panini press. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would not kick that out of bed. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> you take. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy that you got to try that. Yeah, that no, was a lot of fun. Um, I met a chicken. <laughs> she was cool. Um, her Wait. name was Nugget. I don't think she picked that name. <laughs> I mean, but maybe she did because she doesn't really contextualize things but um yeah she was pretty She's cool like, i just like the way it sounds yeah, and like, uh, don't <laughs> tell her <laughs> yeah um so yeah that was cool uh driving is intense in texas though that's i've um, had that experience before yeah maybe i'll talk about that a little bit later you know um just so because i was like i probably need other stuff to talk about when i'm the only one on stage. are you gonna stay yeah i think so okay I'm gonna, sure. I'm, i'll work it out Rhea's not feeling so hot i'm not feeling so hot so i wasn't sure i was maybe sure. gonna Take off after this. But then now you're out here now intoxicated here. by this it's audience. Like, <laughs> this audience this is just hot, loving hot every second audience propping every you up syllable. and curing you. Yes. The penicillin of their stairs. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <sighs> 
Could you imagine when an aspirin was invented? Like, for real. Everybody's like, ah! <laughs> and then you take an aspirin, you're like, holy shit! I think it wasn't it. It was like a tree that you chewed on. That's cocaine. Think it's probably a tr- that might be it. <laughs> yeah. And when that was invented, people were like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to, Cameron? Well, I got called the dyke on the street oh, in front of m- what a my compliment. house. And the person who was walking down the street, this is what happened. I was there yeah. with Murph, our dog. You know him. I do know him. And <laughs> I was walking along, walking. There was a person on the other side of the street. It was a man. What a shock <laughs> that it was a man that called me. It's never a woman. I just want you to know that it's never non-binary. It's a man. <laughs> this story is about a man always. <laughs> Um, he crossed the street. Yeah. To my side of the street. Yes. He said, this is, this, this close? is the story. Yes. He okay. Got, he got this close. He said, I'm not a dyke. <laughs> and what do you think my response was? I am. Right. No, I just, I said, um, well, I had headphones in cause I was, uh, minding my own business. Sure, yeah. You were doing your own And also shit. just walking down the street, smiling. Yeah, sure. And then he said, I'm not a dyke. I said, what? <laughs> he said, I'm not a dyke. You are a dyke. Okay. And then he crossed back over to the other side of the street. <laughs> and then went into a house that's like across the street and three doors down from where I live. I've okay. ne- never, not one time have I seen a homophobe or any other sort of person with that kind of confidence. Sure, I'll show you where I live. <laughs> It's right the fuck here. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe the way that this was handled also because, number one, so much effort. The, the double crossing yeah. of the street. Did he jaywalk or did he use the crosswalk? Oh, he, you know he jayed the fuck out. But I, I want Jaywalk to gay walk. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's exactly. Else. I considered knocking on the door, and then I was like, I'm going to get you know, shot in the face or whatever, so I did, but I considered knocking on the door to be like, you don't even need to do that. Like, You could just stay on your side of the street yeah. and go, you're a dyke. You don't even yeah, have yeah. to do or the I'll, original part. Or I'll you could just say, better. you could just dyke. stay on the other side of the street, and you could say, dyke? Right. In your brain. Yeah. And go, that's a dyke. No, I just, I liked Gonna the, keep going. Now. I liked, I liked it because it made me think that he thinks that if he would have just said, dyke, that I maybe would have been confused. Oh, it's our, well, yeah, you it's our message mating. that we have for each other when you walk down the street. Dyke, 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 dyke. You know what I mean? How yeah. you greet, how you and I greet each other. Dyke, dyke. Yeah. I'm not a dyke. You're a dyke. <laughs> I I mean, come on. This we is obviously the... don't greet each other like that. We just wear the jackets. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I did. After he went in his house, I did not knock on Wait, the door. Wait, did he have a jean jacket on? Is that where the confusion was? Was he... No. He had a thin wearing mustache. Wearing the jacket of our people? He had a thin, thin mustache. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> That you have a problem with my homosexuality. What I'm saying is not just, you know what I mean? If you're not a thin mustache, somebody's trying to tell you something. A very thin mustache. Unless it's John Waters and that's not real hair. Um, 
But anyway, he went in his house. This is what I did. I took a little bag of Murph's poop. <laughs> and I just placed it at the end of his driveway. God, boy, did I get him! <laughs> you left it in the back? Yeah! Oh, I littered on my own street. I checked later, it did get picked up. I did yeah. feel, I was later like, oh, a squirrel's gonna die, yeah. you know? You know what? Squirrel's I'll... like, dyke! Anyway, you know. You know what? <laughs> I bet a dyke picked it up. Yeah. Honestly, that's the most true thing. We tend that, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm sorry that happened. Then the next day, all right. I went to a gathering. A gathering. I thought yeah. you said to a gap ring. I was like, what the fuck is that? I don't know. I'm I, getting sick. <laughs> I went to a gathering, and um, when I showed up, there was a dog there wearing the shirt I was wearing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I, that was an experience I've never had. Yeah. Do you maybe think it's like a t-shirt with the slogan on it or something? Sure. No, it was a button-down flannel. <laughs> In a really specific print. And I, and it wasn't like, because some of you are going to be like, ha ha, like, oh, it was like close or whatever. Don't think I would joke about this is a similar flannel when it's not. What I'm saying is two companies got a hold of the same bolt of fabric. Yeah. And one of them made Source clothes for bolt. dogs. And the other one is bonobos. Yeah. Clothes for lesbians. Yes. And then I and this dog owner bought the same shirt and I showed up at a place. So then, then I got that shirt for our dog. Great. Because I knew that my life could be complete. I said, yeah. oh, excuse me. This is embarrassing, maybe, but it won't be embarrassing when I do this on purpose. Sure, yeah. <laughs> on purpose, man. So now I'm just walking back and forth in front of that homophobe's house just matching shirts with my dogs. <laughs> you can't bring me down. <laughs> He's a dyke, too. Can you believe it? Rhea. Yeah. Listen to the story I'm describing I, to you. Yeah. I'll say it one more time. I showed up to yeah. a place. There was a dog, dog there. there wearing right, my outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, you didn't wear pants? <laughs> You should probably wear pants. There was no wearing pants, nor underwear. <laughs> yeah. I sat in all the chairs. Yeah. Or a little choker mm-hmm. with your name on it. Yep. And Absolutely. your own phone number on the back. Yes. <laughs> There's a chip in my shoulder. I got it. Yeah, you did. Well, that was delightful. Yeah, for sure. I'm sorry that person did that to you. Thank you. It was, it was awful and like stressful and I, scary. I just, I, look, I I have never, I have never said things to strangers. Things, you know what I mean? Like I've never sure. been like, dude. I don't know. Like I just don't understand. You mean when you wear that hat, you don't walk up to men on the street and go. Do you even like the Dodgers? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't do that. They just do that to me. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I know. It's, it's, it is... 
The crossing the street uh, part sure. is tough to stomach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's where it kicks up a notch. Because recently I was walking and I sneezed, and someone across the street, who did happen to be a man, went, "Let it out, sister." <laughs> That's actually cool, though. I'd like yeah, that. I mean, I, yeah. But, like, moments before that, somebody thought I was their general contractor, so it was very confusing. Well, did you feel supported in that moment? Well, did no, you, because did I, you did, in fact I, I let did it out? let it out. I was already doing a good job I guess, of sneezing. I guess you're right. That like is I don't need to get noted a at a bodily function. encouragement. Yeah. Let it out. Okay. And then you just, you just shit your pants. Yeah, right. But you're not I, wearing eyeball pants. Eyeball pops out. Nor underwear. Yeah. But I will say when I was in Texas, I got on an elevator with a guy and I was wearing, I was literally wearing all black. And he was like, you, you go to the rap party? And I was like, what? And he was like, you go to the rap party? I was like, oh no, I'm not crew. Cause they were shooting something. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I totally looked like a gaffer. Yeah. Um, and he was like, oh cool. And then I was asking what it was, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, it's this thing. I don't think you'll like it. And I was like, I don't like most TV. And he was like, oh yeah, you know what's up girl. And I was like, okay, fun. I don't usually get called girl. This is all right. <laughs> And then I got off the elevator. He's like, hey, have a good night, homie. And I was like, all right, I like that pronoun. And then he was like, hey, cheers, bro. And I was like, this is the perfect combination. Girl, homie, bro, all of them. Are you going to the rap party? Yeah. You're like, no, I have to go work at the school gymnasium, switching around the props behind the actors. Sorry. It would help if I was wearing the outfit, but unfortunately I didn't wear it tonight. So just imagine this all black. It doesn't matter. Anyway. It's fine. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) I was trying to think of anything else happened in Texas. I had a phone call with both my parents on speakerphone where I made them apologize to me. Oh. And I would just like to suggest if that's not anything you've tried. That is never going to happen. For I me. know, I know. So, uh, we <laughs> all, just, I like, we're all, I like want to leave. I can't even think about that. I know, I know, I know. It was stressful to me too. But I was having two different conversations with them. Uh, they kept going, I'll get you. They kept Wait, passing. did you do it at the same time? I said, go in the same room. And put me on speakerphone, and I will explain what is happening. Because sometimes, if my parents get a wrong piece of information, uh huh, sure, it's they start to be communicating like I'm on the Titanic and it's sinking. Like constant barrage of text and phone calls. Are you okay? They're FaceTiming. My dad's sending me texts that are signed with his attorney-client privilege signature. Yeah, sure. I haven't talked to my mother on the phone in like six months, probably. Well, look, <laughs> we we're all working our own journey. Uh, yeah. Um, but this anyway. Is, I, I'm glad I brought that up. Everybody's like, uh. <laughs> no, this is Los Angeles. People are like, yeah, that's probably healthy. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. I love Have this you city. told her about CBD? Yeah. You haven't talked to your mom in six months? <laughs> Try six years. Get back to me when it's six years. That's everybody in Los Angeles. I don't talk to anyone in my family. I don't even, I don't, chosen family only. <laughs> That's also the name of my CBD company. Have you heard of CBD? <laughs> oh, Rhea, this is very fun. Uh-huh. Um, I want to say, if you decide to leave because you're too sick, we'll miss you, so let's hear it for Rhea. <laughs> but you should make the choice you need to make. And uh, I will. And uh, also, 
We got a great lineup of other comics that will definitely be here for the rest of the night. Well, I don't know. They'll be here for their sets. I don't know if they might leave also. I'll stay. I'll be here. <laughs> You'll stay. The audience will be here. The audience is going to stay. Yeah. Yeah. Just a... Yeah. 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 A uh, very funny comic coming up. Do you, and do you want to introduce him since you're like not, sh- not sure if you're going to... Hang out? You want me to do it? Sure, I'll do it. Uh, yes. Ran a great show, runs a great show called Crave that I really enjoyed doing. Um, one of the funniest guys in town. Sweet guy. Yeah, nice person. Please give it up for Alex Hooper, everybody. Give it up for Alex. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I am going to stay here for the whole show, even though I'm up first. Because I love this show. I love it. You know why I love it? Because you guys came here to laugh through stand-up comedy. And as any comedian on the show will tell you, sometimes we have to do stand-up comedy where there should never be stand-up comedy. (laughs) I've performed out of the back of a pickup truck outside the line at the DMV. Those people were forced to listen to me for 45 minutes. They couldn't move. Next time, make an appointment. I've performed on top of a school bus in the middle of the forest for 12 people that were all taking whippets. And if you've never taken a whippet, Imagine your brain exploding into a million pieces and over the course of 30 seconds it tries to put itself back together and you have to hope that every piece goes back where it belongs because sometimes I go to open a door and I just yell at it. (laughs) Has anyone here ever taken a whippet? One person is brave enough to admit to it. You goddamn liars. I had to swear off them forever. I did, just because they're really not good for you. But I will say, even though I no longer will turn my bright, shining brain into a burnt-out star, there is one thing I truly miss about Whippets. When you ingest nitrous, your voice goes like 10 octaves lower, like so deep that James Cameron couldn't even find the bottom of it. And it is absolutely hysterical. My friends and I used to play a game. We would take a hit and then try to say something intelligent. So we'd be like, You know, George Orwell's Animal Farm was actually an allegorical commentary on what went wrong when Tsarist Russia evolved into communist Russia before Stalin and <laughs> Last year, I performed in an alley in downtown L.A. next to a shipping container. And in the middle of the show, a man showed up to an open house in the shipping container. (laughs) And they forced him to watch the entire show before he could tour his new home, the shipping container. In the middle of the show, one of the comics asked, said he looked like a heroin addict. And he goes, just because you shoot heroin doesn't mean you're addicted. And that's how you end up living in a shipping container. The reason I'm telling you guys this is because last year I was hired to do a corporate gig at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning, already a red flag. I was hired to perform for 100 men, red flag number two. All of these men were CEOs and influencers who get together every week so they can network and suck each other's dicks or whatever 100 men do when they get together. 
And if you're not sure the type of man I'm talking about, let me paint you a picture. This is the type of man who gets on an elevator, sees that his floor is already pushed, looks right at you, and pushes it again. As if the elevator recognizes his self-proclaimed importance and when they'll take you to the floor that you desire to go to. If you were brand new to this group, they had a ritual. You had to come on stage and in 15 seconds, say your name, your occupation, and one thing that made you cool. Everything was going smoothly until one guy got up there. And he said, hi, my name's Jim. I'm the CEO of a tech company. And what makes me cool is I was raped by wolves. That reaction from all 100 men. No one knew what to do. The moderator tried to save it. He was like, "Uh, uh, hey, uh, Jim, did you just say you were raised by wolves? And more emphatically, he goes, no, I was raped by wolves. He gave you an out, Jim. (laughs) Next time, take the out. (laughs) Other men went up there. They talked about base jumping, backpacking through Asia without a cell phone. One man saved another man's life after he was hit by a boat in open water. He took off his own bathing suit and fashioned it into a tourniquet. You know, cool things. (laughs) Meanwhile, Jim is in the back of this line listening to these stories like... You think those are cool stories? Wait till you hear about my furry dick surprise. Why, Jim? Why were you raped by wolves? How? How were you raped by wolves? Notice, he didn't say a wolf. He said multiple wolves. Like one wolf, I get that. Wrong place, wrong time. Wolves, that is a premeditated attack. You did something to piss them off. Something. (laughs) I've been camping so many times. I've been worried I might get mauled by a wolf. I never once had the thought that a bunch of them would get together and be like, guys, we always eat these people. It's Saturday night. What if we fuck this guy? No one's ever going to believe him, huh? Two in the front, teeth in the neck, holding him down. The other two will take turns pounding him from behind. Don't make it weird. It doesn't have to be. It's not gay if he is a human. This stays here. Wolfpack promise. Oh! But to me, that's not even the cool part of the story. Jim, you're here. You're the CEO of a successful company. How did you escape, man? <laughs> Okay, I know the wolves aren't, aren't going to leave you behind a dumpster and walk away. That's not the way of the wolf, okay? They're not thinking like, ooh, if we don't eat him, it's going to cost him hundreds of thousand dollars in emotional therapy. Let's just leave him there, huh? No, of course not. How did you escape? The 15 seconds I would have told if I was Jim would have been, hi, my name's Jim. I'm the CEO of a tech company. And one time I was getting railed from behind by a pack of wolves. Then I remembered I had a razor blade in my sock. I took it out and I slit their throats one by one. I cut off the head of the leader. I took his body back to my base camp, leaving a Hansel and Gretel trail of blood through the snow. I threw it on a fire, fed my family. And now I'm here talking to you. Who wants to work with Jim? Everybody! Everybody wants to work with you, Jim. Are you kidding me? You put all your 
cards on the table. No secrets come with Jim. Nothing. Everyone else is trying to appear cool, and Jim is like, you want Jim? Well, this is what comes with Jim. He me tooed himself in front of a hundred men he was trying to work with. And that is how you become the CEO of a successful company. And that is why I love this show. Thank you all so much, everybody. Keep it going for Alex. Rhea had to go home. Poor, poor Rhea, not feeling so good. But wasn't that fun that they came to perform for you in the darkest of times? <laughs> I felt great about it. Your shoes are very eye-catching. How's your... You're welcome. How's your day going? Oh, lovely. Yes? What did you do today? Uh, I worked a whole bunch. Yes? My um, wife decompressed. She had a rough day. Yes? This is this person? Yes. Yes. Hello. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not, I just can't tell if I want to ask a bunch. So how, why was it rough? You know what I mean? Like I feel, but I don't want to be hard and just change. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's tough to know what to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, annoying. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. mid-level annoyance shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. what a pain. Yeah. I hate that. That's help. Yeah, yeah. I can be in, I can I can be in solidarity with you on that easily. Slipped right into it. No problem. Oh, I went to the Apple store. This is what they said to me. We think that your phone is not broken, but instead that you have purchased three separate faulty pairs of headphones and so we will give you a fourth and I said that can't be it that can't be what it is and yet the fourth pair currently works so what because that didn't seem like that was tech support so much as admitting that your product is flawed they would they wouldn't they didn't even seem is have you considered that it's uh, three broken pairs of headphones that you've purchased no I didn't think about that at all why would that be it I got them here at this place anyway oh you know my my space phone is a machine you know like what a pain in the neck it doesn't live forever and adapt growing in strength. Oh, I think I'm like literally describing the singularity. What I would like my phone to do. <laughs> like that's the that's the plot of Terminator. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those movies. I said I'd like my phone to adapt over time growing in strength. <laughs> really honestly, if you were bigger Terminator heads like as big as I am, you'd be like that's that's actually so funny. Shirley Manson is the voice. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, more updated Terminator jokes. I've got them all. I've got all the eras. How are you? I love your pants. Yeah, you look very nice and cute. How was your day? Fine. Yeah. These are your colleagues? Yep. What do you guys all do? Tech support? Fuck you. Yeah, no, I don't know. Honestly.
seriously. Thank you for that. If that's what you do, I can't fix anything. Um, what do you guys do? Uh, film and television. What? <laughs> Come on. What do you do in film and television? Production company. Oh, you're a production company? This group of people? Yep. That's cool. How long have you been a production company? Four or five years. Four, for five years? And you're still sitting front row at a comedy show together? Straight up, congratulations. I'm serious. It's very hard working together. Great job making it work. Uh, continue with what you're doing in terms of your communication strategies at work, because it's really working. Hello. I like your, I like your whole thing. Oh, I, w I wasn't even talking to you, but I want to know more about this. It's your what? It's your Cameron what? Cameron Post outfit. Oh, your Cameron Post outfit. Oh, the lesser Cameron? Man, don't step in here with this Cameron Post shit. Not in my house. Anyway, I did read the book and listen to the audiobook. What? I haven't seen the movie yet, but I, that's how I go through source material. <laughs> um, that's what she wears? But I'm mm. also the book and the audio book. Well, I mean, straight up, I have also worn, like, a jean jacket with a hoodie under it, so I think technically it's a Cameron Esposito outfit. <laughs> I wore that, like, for a while. Like, you started. the movie, like, just came out. It's, like, I've been wearing this for, like, and, I'm, and I am the one that started it. And if you've seen Rocky, like, he was never wearing a hoodie in that. That's not funny. It's my Cameron Esposito. Yes, thank you. Jesus Christ. See, what I'm hoping is that as an audience, you'll evolve over time and become more powerful. <laughs> well, this has been great. We've got more great comics coming up. Would you like to see more great comedy? <laughs> Please, a wild round of applause. Let's hear it for Anna Gilchrist. Give it up. Thank you. Thanks so much. I'm gonna talk about my period. Thanks, I'm pretty vocal about my period. I talk about it when it's affecting me because it's a big part of my life. It's a big part of most women's lives, right? I work at a very uh, male-dominated bar. I'm one of two female bartenders that work there. And a few weeks ago, I showed up to work and I go up to one of my male coworkers. Let's just call him like Andrew Saunders, right? He's on Instagram. <laughs> So I go up to Andrew Michael Saunders and I'm like, this is what I say. I go, oh my God, Andrew, I'm on my period and I'm having the worst cramps right now. Do you have any ibuprofen? To which the real A. Saunders 1989 responds, you know, I've decided that if women get to just talk openly about whatever's going on down there for them, that men should be able to do the same. And I was like, okay. Quick question, though. What? <laughs> like, what do you mean? What can you possibly be referring to? Like, I'm sorry, Andrew. Did you have a wet dream last night? Like, did you come in your sleep? I don't know. Like, listen, Andrew underscore Saunders, Twitter. I am happy to discuss the HPV you've given dozens of women in Los Angeles. In his defense, we all already have it, right? Like, I feel like millennials were born with that shit anyways. Um, but he was like, no, I just feel like uh, there's a current trend in our culture for women to be like super graphic about their periods for shock value, and I think it's a double standard. I don't think guys can do the same. And I was like, Andrew, 
<laughs> buddy, I'm gonna level with you right now. If you came up to me and you were like, I've been bleeding out of my dick for five days, I would be like, do you need to talk about it? <laughs> okay. This is such a weird thing in our culture, culture, right? Because there are a lot of men, not all men, but there are a lot of them that uh, regard periods as either super gross or like a sign of weakness, right? Like how many times have you heard this version of a sentence between two guys? Hey, what's wrong, dude? You got your period? <laughs> right? Like let's just, <laughs> let's like break that down really quick. What's wrong, dude? You've been uncontrollably bleeding out of your genitals for a week straight? <laughs> Fucking pussy. <laughs> like, what the f- When did we decide that that was weak? That shit is so metal, dude. We are literally... <laughs> we're losing life source out of the most sensitive part of our bodies. And we literally just shove cotton up there and we're like, same time next month. <laughs> Great. Can't wait to be severely depressed for the two weeks leading up to blood flow. My months are never normal. <laughs> I, uh, I recently celebrated my six-year anniversary in Los Angeles a couple weeks ago. Wow, thank you, yeah. <laughs> I've really stuck it out. Um, I was reflecting about, I was kind of like looking back and I was thinking about uh, how far I've come, where I used to be before I came here, and I was thinking about when I used to, uh, I, I lived in Kansas City before I came out here, and I, I remembered my mom and I uh, on Craigslist looking for apartments, right, and she like pulls one up and she's like, oh, what about Burbank? Burbank looks nice. And I was like, not for me, mom. I'm going to Hollywood. I want to go where the stars are. I want to be able to see the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Have you seen the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Have you fucking seen that? Of course you haven't. You live here and you have better things to do. It's trash a nightmare when I first like my mom and I we drove uh 25 hours this was like over the course of several days in this tiny car and I remember pulling up in front of my apartment and we get out and the first thing I see <laughs> was a homeless man shitting into a pizza box <laughs> on the street and there was still pizza in it I'll never forget that part but he uh <laughs> He's like dropped his trowel and I'm looking at him. And this was at the time, you know, like I just graduated college. I still believed in Jesus, shit like that. So I'm like, <laughs> my reaction was just kind of like, huh. <laughs> 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 Ooh. And now six years later, I'm fully aware of the fact that I'm seven months away from that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that wasn't a homeless guy. That was a struggling actor on a bad day. <laughs> Like, I have three friends that live out of vans, and one of them is a recurring character on a Shonda Rhimes show. <laughs> this shit is relentless. <laughs> Hollywood, it's been interesting seeing the way that Hollywood has changed, right, over the last couple of years. I feel like it's, uh, the industry has really made a push to diversify, which is cool. It's cool seeing that. Uh, that inadvertently means that a lot of white people have been complaining about not auditioning as much, right? Like, the actors aren't getting as many auditions. Um, I, like, I don't ever audition, so I'm not affected. I don't know what that's like, but I've heard about it. Um, but I have, there, there's a white girl in my acting class, and she was talking about this recently. She was feeling very victimized. She's like, I don't understand why I'm being punished. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. If anything, this is reverse racism. And then she says this. White people love saying shit like this. She goes, my grandparents 
marched with Dr. Martin Luther King. And I was like, okay. What about your grandparents before that? They were liberals. What about the ones before that? They owned slaves. That's right, Michelle. They did own slaves. That's it. You have to face that shit. It's really awful. Like, I've actually had to... I, my grandma, when my grandma died, she fucking left a jewelry box that she specifically wanted me to have. And when I got it, I looked on the top and she had herself personally, like, crocheted a picture of what looked like slaves picking cotton. Like, I don't know. It makes me very uncomfortable. You can have my role in Superstore. I think that's fair. <laughs> actually, I don't get out very much. You can have Michelle's. I should clarify. Uh... I met a baby named Deborah last week. That was a trip. <laughs> this woman held up her baby and was like, This is Deborah. <laughs> and I was like, No. can't name your baby Deborah. <laughs> That's inappropriate. There's no way this baby didn't just walk out of her mom already like clutching a Pinot Grigio and a Nicholas Sparks novel just in a bad mood. <laughs> you can see it. She like physically walks out. She's like, I got it. <laughs> Hi. Is there a manager I can speak to? <laughs> I have been staying here for the last nine months and I was just unexpectedly kicked out of my room. <laughs> I have never in my life been treated... No, let me finish. Like, if you name your baby Deborah, she's going to yelp your birth. <laughs> and you're getting two stars. <laughs> Thank you all. That has been my time. My name's Anna Gokris. You're all so wonderful. Keep it going for Anna one more time. We got a good friend of mine coming up next. Uh, love this comic. So fun to see him out and about. I haven't seen you in a really long time. We're like him and friends. You guys, sometimes this show is just fun for me. But you are also going to love this man. Let's hear it right now for Kurt Brauneler. Give it up for Kurt. Hi. Hello. 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 Uh, I also was in Texas recently. Uh, two weeks ago, and a fun story, I uh, was pulled over on a scooter <laughs> by a Texas state trooper. Uh, and the best part of it is that I was on my way to a premiere, so I had dressed up. <laughs> and so I was very fancily dressed. Uh, P.S. Don't, you, people don't dress up for premieres at South by Southwest. <laughs> So it was like me in a suit. I have a very small part of this movie. Charlize Theron was just wearing shorts, and I was like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> and so, uh, so I'm scooting. You know a scooter. Where you have to stand like this. Like, I can't even stand normally. And then you're like, go 14 miles an hour this way. Uh, and I went through a red light, dressed in a suit, and a state trooper pulled me over. Full thing. Texas state trooper, funny hat, tall boots. Like, boots up to here. Do you know what I mean? And he thinks they're cool. Do you know? 
there's no awareness that he's got boots that are this high and everyone's not like yeah right what are you he thinks it's very cool uh and uh so i'm just like standing i'm like what do i do what so I get, I just hold the scooter and I stand to the side. Cause you know, it's like, you don't want to make any move. So I'm just like, it's Texas, you know? Uh, so I'm just like standing next to it, just waiting. I can hear him walking up. And, uh, and then someone walks by and goes, after he like took my, my license and everything and went, he was, he said to me, like, he goes, is this accurate? Am I going to find anything? And I was like, what does that mean? And I was like, can I see it? I was like, yeah, no, that's, that's everything. Uh, and then he went in, like, in the car, and then somebody walked by and was just like, is he, pull- is he giving you a ticket for a scooter? And I was like, yeah, and they're like, fucking asshole. And I was like, he's saying, I'm not saying anything, because I'm in a suit and I look very silly. And honestly, that is the reason. Like, people hate those scooters. I, th- I love the idea. It's like, for me, it's like ideal urban transportation. It's like less, less traffic. It's electric, all that sort of stuff. But people fucking hate those scooters, and I completely understand it. Because it's the image of me in a suit just scooting around, just like, hello, here I come to gentrify your neighborhood. Because <laughs> scooters do seem like they're white all the way down. Like a white guy came up with it, a white guy funded it, and only white guys love toot toot tooting around on them. <laughs> and I just thought this was a funny idea, and then I looked it up. The CEO of Bird Scooters' name is Travis Vanderzanden, <laughs> which is the whitest name in the books. It's like, hello, my name is Travis Van Der Zanden. We go scoot now, yeah? <laughs> Fuck him, man. Uh, Travis Van Der Zanden sounds like a combination between a Marvel villain and like a delicious European dumpling. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I think the real reason people hate scooters is just the name, you know? It's just S. Cooter. Uh, nobody likes the word cooter. <laughs> I remember once, about 10 years ago, I had a joke. I was a young, younger man, okay? My joke was involved this word snooter that I made up, which was Snuffleupagus's vagina. And, um, and I'd only done the joke like two or three times. I've never, I didn't do it after. And I, I was, uh, I met a woman and we slept. And, um, and this was, I was single, so okay. And, um, and during sex, she looked me in the eye and she said, Kurt, fuck my snooter. <laughs> and both of our genitalia burst into dust. It was very upsetting. Suddenly we're just grinding dust to get together. Uh, and uh, I, I, we never spoke after that. <laughs> I don't think either of us ever recovered. And I stopped doing the joke. I stopped doing the joke because I didn't want to say the word snooter anymore. <laughs> uh, but that was that was ten years ago. I am I'm a dad now. Um, thank you, thank you. Um, it's uh, I, my my daughter uh, calls me Papa. Deal with it. 
My daughter calls me Papa. You know why? Because we ruined Daddy. <laughs> All right? So my daughter's going to refer to me like we live in a, fish, a fishing village in France in the 1920s. All right? Because nobody's ever said, choke me, papa. Except maybe Barbara Streisand, you know? <laughs> it's a new tag. The Barbara Streisand's a new tag. I don't know if it works, but I love it. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll see if this works. Um, I, my, I, I, I love my daughter so much. And I'm also very excited. It's like, ah, just... I love, just love being a dad so much because it's like for so it's just good to like just be like this is it for me this is it dad that's the it that's the top I'm done I'm done with everything else because in my 20s living in New York City I was just like I listen to me I'm a genius I'm a genius and then in my 30s I was like okay I might not be a genius, <laughs> but I'm pretty fucking special, and I'm going places. And then I got to my 40s, and I became a father, and I was like, nope, it's, I'm just a dad. <laughs> I was born to be a I mean, I've looked like a dad my whole life. I came out, and they're like, he's a father already. <laughs> But the thing is, is like there's a difference between uh, having kids and then actually becoming a dad. And I recently became a dad because there's a, there's a gas station about a few blocks from my house uh, that uh, has a sign, handwritten sign on one of the pumps that says, uh, please replace nozzle to the pump before driving away with it. Thank you. And I took a photograph of that and posted it to Instagram because I was like, this is such a polite way to just say, excuse me, you fucking monster. Please don't destroy our goddamn property out of moronic ignorance, you fucking piece of shit. And then me and a bunch of people made fun of these idiots driving away with the goddamn nozzle in their car for a long time. And uh, so when I drove away with the nozzle in my car about two months ago, uh, I was sheepish. I was embarrassed, you know, because I did. I had. Here's the thing. Answered a lot of questions for me. I thought. Here's what I thought happens when you drive away with the nozzle in your car. First, gas station explodes. Then, it catches your car on fire and you explode. No. Here's what actually happens. Nothing. I had. I didn't even know I did it. All right. Hopped in the car, blasting this American life, and fucking yanked it out of the pump, had no idea I did it, and then immediately pulled an illegal four-lane U-turn across Ventura Boulevard. All this oncoming traffic was like, bam, 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 and I was like, oh, fuck you, you fucking church Nancys. It's a U-turn. I gave them all the middle finger, meanwhile spewing gasoline across the street. And then I made a right and got on the 101, and I started going, gunning it. And then this big white pickup truck pulls up next to me. It's like honking at me. And driving the pickup truck was an actual cowboy, and I'm not kidding. And I, in my mind, I wrote a whole story for him. Like, he just moved to New York from Montana. He's like, I'm going to be an actor, but I'm also going to be a cowboy. You know, that doesn't have anything to do with story. Just fuck him. And uh, he was pulling up. He's honking at me. And I was like, he's like, bro, I was like, what? What? It's a U-turn. 
And he's like, you drove away with the pump in your car. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I did. Um, so I did. And then I was very embarrassed and I didn't know what to do. So I like uh, pulled over on the side of the highway and then he pulled over too. And uh, I got out of my car, and then he got out of his car. And then I was like, I was very embarrassed. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like I just shit my pants. And then he, like, followed me into the bathroom like, did you, did you just shit your pants? Why? Why do you think you shit your pants? How much, how much shit is in your pants? Can you show me how much shit is in your pants that you just did right now? And I was just like, what are you doing? He's like, do you need help? And I was like, no! And he's like, oh, fuck it. He drove away. He was angry at me. And then I was alone with my shame. And I, like, walked over and, like, took the pump out of the bed. And I was like, what? And I, like, kind of tapped it on the ground. I was like, oh, it is totally filled with gasoline still. And I was like, I can't put this in my car. I was on the way to pick up my daughter. can't have gasoline all over the car. And I was like, you know what would be very useful right now is a pickup truck. And I just told that guy to go fuck himself. Uh, so then I left my car on the highway and then just walked it all the way back, just like a, a big dead snake in my arms, all the way back. And then both managers were just waiting out front, just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I just kind of laid an offering at their feet. And I was like, what do we do now? And they're like, we don't know. Nobody's ever done this before. There's not some fucking form for this, pal. And uh, it turns out it costs uh, $350. And, uh, well, I mean, it's a lot less than I thought it would be. <laughs> and they're designed to pop off, so just fucking do it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Good night. Bones? <laughs> worth it. Very worth it. Yeah. What's it? One more time for Kurt Brunner, you guys. <laughs> Friends, pals, humans. Uh, how are you? Good. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. That's right. I'm just very happy that you spoke out so loud and clear. Yes, be strong in your opinions. What did you do today before this? We walked for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what had happened? Was we, what? Wanted, we wanted to do it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It sure. A, it was a trail. Sure. Almost a hike. Uh, it was a hike. You were on a hike. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot of L.A. living, you know what? Honestly, thank you so much for your um, honesty and clarity on that. Because when I moved here and people were like, we hike all the time, I was like, I'm afraid of heights. I'm like, pretty sure I can't do this. I'm sure, pretty sure I can't do, like, hiking. I mean, I'm, like, from the Midwest. Literally, everything's flat. I'm not, like, a mountain person. But then I found out hiking is just... It's... But there's vaguely dirt around. <laughs> we are walking slowly and with little elevation. <laughs> Um, that person, you're the most comfortable person I've ever seen at a UCB show. Not just foot on the seat, just entire leg in a separate row. A move I've never seen, ever, in, from anybody in a situation. <laughs> yeah! 
where's your other leg? How are you doing? Yep, yeah, well that one, you're keeping it a normal way, but... One time I was seated on a, on a plane next to somebody, we were in the bulkhead, you know, which is like the right up against the front thing, and I was seated with a very tall gentleman who slid all the way down in his seat and then had his butt almost up against the front wall and then his legs straight up. (laughs) Which was confusing for me to see and I knew what the fuck was going on. I was trying to imagine the entire rest of the plane that is like a headstand for the whole time? And the flight attendants are fine with this. Oh man, also, like, I'm just at a place, I travel so much for work, I'm at a place, I, I'm sorry, I try so hard to be a patient person, and I'm, but, uh, a guy, I was like in the emergency exit row, so there's a little bit of room ahead of me, and an older gentleman brought the entire New York Times and decided to read it standing directly in front of my seat. Which is the weirdest thing I've ever seen anyone do on a plane, and I've seen somebody put their entire legs up a wall. Just to do the whole thing. Just the whole, just what, and I I told him he had to move. I didn't own that space in front of me, but I appropriated it. It was technically just open airspace. I said, sir, you're you're making me feel suffocated. You're reading too close to me. But it was terrible. Why did he do that? He needed to walk more. Just relax a little bit. Do you feel energized after your your three hour walk? You feel like pooped like like we're gonna see we're gonna see a stand up comedy show and right to bed, no melatonin for us. Maybe I, some of you were here when I've admitted this that I have had like a rough year and there was a particular time, like I take melatonin sometimes to sleep, um, but then when I was on the road, I was sort of taking z and melatonin. z just like the NyQuil that makes you go bed-by. Bed-by. Bed-by! That's actually what it does. Um, but then I started taking that so much on the road that then that wasn't working, and so there was a time. Look! Here you are, you're in my apartment. The melatonin's not working. The z will not kick in. And you think to yourself, I know what I have to do, but I'm not sure I'll be able to live with myself. And so you get out of bed, and you go to the fridge, and you take out your dog's CBD. <laughs> Don't worry, nobody stress out. I did take the amount recommended, for a cat. I read the label. I had to really think about it. Do I take a dog or a cat amount? It did work. (laughs) And was humiliating. Oh, that dropper had been in my dog's mouth. I said, time for me to test it. Anyway, we got two great comics left. Are you ready for two great comics? I said, are you ready for two great comics? I knew you were. 
then please welcome my friend JC Coakley. Give it up for JC. You just ran a set yeah. uh, back to back. You started over, did it again midway through. Not even midway, like a third through. It was you were deep. I was deep in. Started again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Had better energy the second time. <laughs> I did it one time for I was at a TV taping and somebody called me a gay slur in the middle of the taping. That's what, and I had to start over. But wait, that's just a real thing. So, um, but but I'm laughing so hard at the. And said I can't even look at eye contact. Yeah, I mean, it's just like how how is that real? Um, but how did that feel? It was very vulnerable to do, but I understood truthfully that like I I'm working this piece that is a little bit more vulnerable, and I know will structure really well. I learn it. I'm learning it by rote, and you know, with like the late nights, they pull some lines. Some lines will get pulled. So you're jumping lines now. So I'm relearning it, and it feels like the first time just didn't feel right. I felt like I immediately messed up a joke, and I was like, "Sure, fuck this, you guys. I'm better than what's happening." Yeah. Roll the tape. I, <laughs> Kyle, you ready, my filmer? Ready? He's like rolling. Second time, it's still not great, but well, I mean, one thing that I like about the show uh, is that it is not is that it's just like honest about the experience and stuff too. So like that was pretty fun. The audience was very hilariously with you, yeah. but also like how they oohed and nod. It was very, very funny. <laughs> it well, anyway, it was great to see you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Like one more time for JC. I've never seen anybody do that here, and what I loved about it is our audience. What's up? Put your hands together, audience. I just have to say, JC's amazing, and I also I love that after she said, I'm trying to get a tape for Conan, some of you morphed into a studio audience of <laughs> cheers or similar. Suddenly there were oohs. Uh oh. Whoa, whoa. Like, I just, that was, uh, those of you that did that, because it wasn't everyone, and you know if your neighbor didn't, and has betrayed JC, those of you that went and decided to respond in a way that no stand-up comedy audience has ever responded, oh, that was that, I was backstage, and my little heart swelled many sizes. There I was the Grinch, and I was on the very end of the thing. Oh, ooh, 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 ooh. I'm always too, too ghosty almost even what now I'm starting to get very scary. It's time to, for me to be around because us is out. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I can't see any of that. Even like, I don't like the gloves. You know what I mean? Like I can't see them. You can't see the movie when the shape of the scissors is too much. Like the shape of the scissors in us. I've seen the shape and I don't like it. I don't prefer it. And I'm not going to be able to see that movie. And I want you to, and you're going to say, but what? But Cameron, do you even have a commitment to social justice? Yes, because as you know, in order to watch Get Out, I spoiled myself in every way that I possibly could watching every spoiler-laden synopsis. Then I set an alarm for 6 o'clock in the morning. I had coffee. At 7 a.m., I started the movie on mute with the subtitles because the, the music will be too tense and scary. By 9.15, I was done. 
<laughs> and then I had enough time in my day to sort of have other experiences. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then by the evening, uh-huh. felt like I was in a different mood. But like those scissors and stuff, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but anyway, uh, all right, well... What a treat. Just this audience. <laughs> Working so hard. You guys, you know how sometimes you have to like, you know, find a fake audience for like a show you're working on or something. You're not fake, but like plants or whatever. It's like you start here and stuff. You know, give these people. Anyway, um, I don't mean to do your jobs for you, but like very good, you know, like, like first generation Roseanne audience right here. Ooh. <laughs> anyway. Okay, we got one final comic. Are you ready to support that comic with the sort of behavior I've already seen that you're capable of? Well, that's great news. It's a very funny comic. Let's hear it right now. Welcome to stage, Daniel Webb. Give it up. Always great, always great. Always so great. Oh, hey, that's our show. Let's hear it for the show. Shout out to Rhea, recovering somewhere. Shout out, Rhea. Uh, let's hear for all the comments you saw tonight. I'm Cameron Esposito. See you next week. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, (laughs) Jazos. Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.